Girl, you got it. 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 Happy Hump Day, and welcome back to the Urban Girl Corporate World Podcast, y'all. I am your dopest hostess with the mostest, Nicole, and I'm thrilled that you chose to get over the hump this week with me. Last summer, I had the opportunity to deliver a keynote at a conference in New York called A Seat at the Table that was put on by a phenomenal organization called Women's Empire. I gave a speech called Winning in Business and Entrepreneurship, Breaking the Rules to Win the Game that unpacked common myths and beliefs that many women subscribe to on how they should show up in professional spaces and why those myths were completely not true. In fact, I spoke about why we needed to do the very opposite of those things to move the needle and show up as authentic leaders. Some of these myths include waiting waiting your turn, not speaking up, just going with the flow and not applying for jobs that you weren't fully qualified for. The reaction and feedback I got from the attendees while there and post-session inspired today's episode, which will focus on strategies women should use as they navigate the path to C-suite and executive level leadership. And we'll even touch on doing that in a male-dominated field. So who better to feature as my guest other than she who has already done so, Olivia Rose. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here today. I'm excited to have you. So Olivia is a force in the cybersecurity industry. She's had a couple of C-suite roles at organization of all sizes, most recently Chief Information Security Officer. She's been featured on a number of podcasts. She's written numerous publications, team leader, mentor, thought leader, and an energetic speaker. So speaking of speaking, (laughs) I first saw Olivia on stage at a cybersecurity conference earlier this this year here in Atlanta. And among the presenters I heard from that day, Olivia, I totally related to what you said, not because you were a woman, but because the challenges and opportunities you spoke about were things that I was beginning to navigate at my own organization. So I knew I wanted to connect with you before the day was over. And the the conference was at the St. Regis Hotel and their women's lounge is just like one of my favorite selfie spots in all of Atlanta. Um, <laughs> so I wasn't taking selfies. I was taking my introvert break just from, you know, all the people, all the things, and you walk in. So I say to myself, self, I'm not about to corner this woman in the restroom. That is creepy and weird. Um, but we actually just ended up having a, a pleasant exchange and then we started talking cyber and we exchanged information and I've thoroughly enjoyed being connected to you. And I, I really appreciate the perspective and opportunities, even just you being here today that you shared with me. And it's because of that thought leadership and that wisdom that I cannot wait to hear all you have to share today. Wait, didn't I approach you? <laughs> so I was the creepy. Yes, listen, you did. And I was like, oh, this is great. Because <laughs> I was escaping Absolutely. as well. So I thought, well, there's somebody. This yeah. is my partner in crime there escaping as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, I definitely needed a breather. So let's start from the beginning. Where did you grow up and what were some of your earliest inspirations? Yeah, I grew up uh, moving around quite a bit overseas. So I grew Mm -hmm. up in Australia and I grew up in Israel 
and Canada. Okay. So I've spent I've spent about half my life overseas, and I've spent half my life here in the states. Um, and it's interesting because I was well. I, we were going back and forth between Australia and Israel, and each time I mm-hmm. had to start a whole new school and meet new people. Mm-hmm. And, and when it came to Israel, mm-hmm. I was sitting in a class where I didn't even know the language. And wow, it's interesting how that inspires you to know that there's something better out there for you, that one day you won't mm-hmm. be like an outsider. And it, and it really, mm-hmm. really drives me. And it also gave me a skill that I rely on heavily today that's come mm-hmm. in really handy in my career is watching people and reading and sensing people because when you're 10 mm-hmm. and you don't know the language that's the only way you really can survive wow what what a great way to be kind of we're forced to, to leverage that as, as a way to communicate yeah exactly and uh it's helped me out quite a bit because i can walk into a room and there's 15 people sitting sitting mm-hmm. around a table and I can sense and read what's going through mm-hmm. their minds. So I can imagine that to be very, very advantageous as a, as a skill to have. Now, when did your interest in tech get started? Not until really late, <laughs> when I was uh, okay. I think 28, okay. 29, because I, mm-hmm. I came from an academic family where okay. uh, my, my dad was a professor and uh, everything was about using your brain. And mm-hmm. tech was not part of that equation at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't have much guidance. And I mm-hmm. fortunately got the opportunity to go to college because my, uh, my father was a professor, but I barely graduated, mm-hmm. uh, really. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I think I had a 2.5 <laughs> grade point average, but I graduated. I... Right. Did you at least have fun? No. No. So right. I graduated in women's studies because, well, one, it was a new degree there, a degree program mm-hmm. there, and they didn't have a GPA acceptance <laughs> number. Okay. So I could there get into go. it. Mm-hmm. And two, I figured how hard can it be because I'm a woman, right? How hard can this be? Mm-hmm. So uh, graduated with that. And then you start to look around and go, what on earth do I do with a women's studies major? Mm-hmm. And so I went right. into marketing. And luckily, I got a job in marketing at Internet Security Systems, which is more widely known as ISS, which back in the day in 2002 mm-hmm. was one of the very few security companies out there. And that's where I suddenly got the love of tech. I had no idea that you were quote unquote, non-traditional technologist. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, I I could not even set up my, my, my uh, wireless router. I mean, I I tried to plug in my, uh, my VCR the other day, not a VCR, DVD player the other day to watch one of the, with my kids. And I was like, I don't even know mm-hmm. what the colors go together. What is this? <laughs> I, <laughs> I literally, literally ordered a Google Nest and it came today. And I'm just like, I have to go on YouTube <laughs> to find a video to figure out how to set this thing up. Okay. So I don't feel, I don't feel bad. Don't, I don't feel, feel bad. bad. Um, so this is interesting because I think you'll have um, quite a perspective on, on the next question. So 
when I first started my career, there really weren't any affinity networks. There, you know, there was no business case for diversity. Mm-hmm. The conversations around it, they were starting to drum up, but it really wasn't a thing like we see today. Um, what were some of the challenges that you faced being a woman in tech before you really began to see DNI become a focus for organizations, and, and have you begun to see to see a shift in that? Uh, I'm gonna go out on a on a ledge here and say I don't feel as positive about DNI programs as I think you you do. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they're out there. Um, I came mm-hmm. up through uh, the cybersecurity consulting arm, okay. uh, not the internal meaning working for a company in security. Uh, that was just last mm-hmm. few years that I've been on the internal side, but I came up through the consulting slash advisory side, which is extremely mm-hmm. male dominated. So in general, mm-hmm. they say mm-hmm. it's 90% male dominated insecurity. Mm-hmm. So a lot of those low numbers come from the consulting side. The numbers of women mm-hmm. on the internal side tend to be higher. Because their DNI programs okay. do tend to be more sophisticated. So when I came mm-hmm. up, I went into consulting around 2004. The number of women in security back then was way lower than it is oh <laughs> even now. Yeah. Oh, even yeah. Now. And I always had to do better, uh, do my research, mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about literally be a perfectionist about my work and I had to get sort of certifications right off the bat so people would take me seriously mm-hmm. as, a, as a woman yeah. um, so it's yeah. it's been an interesting ride and I don't think it's been helped out any by the fact that um, as you know I'm I pretty much say what's you know <laughs> what mm-hmm. I'm thinking and uh, you know you mentioned women showing up as authentic leaders you know I, I don't sit you, you I, you don't put me in the corner. You know, you do not ask me to get you a mm-hmm. cup of coffee. You do not expect me to walk into a room mm-hmm. and not sit at the table. Um, so right. that also ruffled a lot of feathers. I I have and still do experience some of the same things. When I look over um, my resume and I look where I really thrived and learned and, and really promoted and propelled, it was when I worked for women who pushed and encouraged and, 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 and saw that and, and knew how to mm-hmm. use that, right. To, to develop me. And I've had some challenges where, um, it, whether it was company culture, where that wasn't necessarily appreciated, mm-hmm. um, or it was more celebrated in men than it was for, for me as a woman, I'll tell you, um, very early in my career, they, HR got called on me. <gasps> I got, HR got called a couple times. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, no. <laughs> yes. But yeah, it's definitely been um, a journey. And all of that has contributed to why I am very, very intentional and inquisitive about company culture and the experience of, of women and underrepresented groups when, you know, seeking out, you know, whether I want to, to join them or work with them or not. So speaking of the beginning of your career, um, were, was there anything that you wish you did more of when you first Well, started? just a quick comment on what you just said about the research that you have to do. It's yeah. sad that you even have to do that. It's sad mm-hmm. that you even have to think about that. 
it's sad that you can't just see a company and say, I want to join that company. Oh, but I can't until I research the DNI. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. not right. Yeah. It's just not right in, by any means. I, I wish that I dug out or, or tried to find a mentor more. I, I think I felt mm -hmm. very alone. I was very much on an island uh, because of yeah. the, the industry at the time. I, I never had a mentor. I still don't have a mentor. Mm -hmm. I mentor many, many others, but I don't have a mentor. Mm -hmm. I never did. And I wish that I had wow. tried maybe harder to find one, whether mm -hmm. that would have been successful or not. Um, but right. yeah, I, I, I think that I wish that I would have given myself a little bit more of a break, not try to be so mm -hmm. perfect. But then again, I look at the what was going on at that that time and I and I it was a matter of survival to be successful. I'm very much an overachiever, <laughs> so I can completely identify uh, with, with what you're talking about. So speaking of studies, so there are a number of studies that suggest that by next year, there will be over 3 million unfilled cyber positions and over half a million of those mm -hmm. in the U.S., what are your thoughts on the anticipated talent sh um, shortage in cyber and the opportunities that, that can come Well, we have that? one now. Uh, security engineers, mm -hmm. that, that level of role, companies mm -hmm. fight over people to join their, their company mm -hmm. uh, for that level of role. And I hear a lot, and I speak with a lot of of people who just graduated college or didn't even go to college or, or want to get into security and they can't get their first job because the mm -hmm. entry requirements for security are, <laughs> are, are crazy that you, you need mm -hmm. to have three to five years experience. Mm -hmm. Well, how are you supposed to have that? And you're supposed to have certifications, right. namely, uh, we want you to have the CISSP, which is the toughest or mm -hmm. one of the toughest. Uh, certifications uh, out there and mm -hmm. to even get that certification you need to have five years of experience to start with mm -hmm. and the the job requirements and what they want are so vague that mm -hmm. a lot of these people who would fill fill up that shortage talent uh, that talent shortage gap we're not hiring them because they get kicked out at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. We've got a real problem right. when it comes to bringing people into security. And what I always say is it's all about who you know. It's all about networking. So somebody can yeah. present you and say, so-and-so does not have three to five years experience, but they don't need it because they're mm -hmm. so smart and they have such a passion for security. Mm -hmm. Just give them a chance. And then they get hired. Right. It's a sad state of affairs and HR has to catch up. You don't need to require a college degree of security right. people. I mean, I always talk about 17 year old hackers out there mm -hmm. who make way more money than, than I ever dream of making. And, <laughs> and they were, they were taking apart their, uh, their parents' VCR when they were seven and mm -hmm. doing all this crazy yeah. stuff. And that's, that's who I want to hire. I, I don't want to hire somebody who got a master's yeah. degree in cybersecurity, who knows everything in theory. Mm -hmm. I want somebody who's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. They can bring a lot of fresh perspective to the conversation, yeah. right? 
So what do you advise for women who are looking to transition into tech careers? I think there is no better area for women today than tech careers. And I can speak to security because I've been in it so mm-hmm. long, but in general tech careers, the right. options for advancement, for making money, which is important to all of us, for making a name That's for right. yourself, because it's so heavily male dominated, uh, you can do that. You can be known. On the flip side, it is very male dominated. So mm-hmm. understand that while all these opportunities exist for you and they're yours for the taking, you are going to take mm-hmm. your punches. You know oh, that, yes. right? You are going to be, oh, yes, don't I? <laughs> you are going to be spoken to like a child. And everything that you were saying earlier mm-hmm. on, you, you are going to be not listened to. You are going to mm-hmm. not think you're qualified for certain jobs because jobs are written for men. You are going to be mm-hmm. interrupted. You are going, trust me on this, you will go into bathrooms and cry. And you will fix your makeup, mm-hmm. you'll wash your hands, and you'll walk back out. That's that's good perspective because you know we see so I I know personally I see so so much of the call for women to come into tech and it's so great and it's fantastic, um, but there is mm-hmm. that dark side to it because in a way, you know this this the wave of women now they're essentially um, innovators yes. of some sort, right? So I, I love that perspective just to, to make sure that, you know, if, if we do make that decision, not only should we be intentional about leveraging those benefits, but understanding that it does come. It with does. The, mm-hmm. the only way I think to survive it is to have a very strong women network in tech, mm. actively seek mm-hmm. out other women because this wave that you, you mentioned, like they're trailblazers and there's power in numbers. Absolutely. So let's shift gears a little bit. And I want to talk about excelling to leadership and milestones along that path to becoming an executive or in the proverbial C-suite. What boxes, if I'm just going to simplify this, what boxes should be checked by aspiring or up-and-coming executive well, leaders? Well, the boxes fluctuate by where you are in your career. So let's say mm-hmm. you're starting out in a tech field. The knowledge, okay. the, the technical knowledge that you need is pretty high, but the soft skills, leadership skills, the ability to translate mm-hmm. to the company's strategic drivers uh, is lower. Right. And then as you move up in your mm-hmm. career, for example, senior director, VP, executive level, those mm-hmm. numbers flip. You need yes. far more focus on soft skills, leadership skills, uh, ability to mm-hmm. think and understand strategy. And then on the smaller side comes mm-hmm. your tech- technical knowledge. What I think is important for people to know is when you're beginning your career, your check boxes really should be all about getting those tech skills. But don't forget about your importance of soft skills, leadership, and ability to uh, understand st- uh, strategy. But then as you move up, rely less on your tech skills and learn more about the other areas. So speaking of skills, 
a number of studies um, and statistical evidence exists that speaks to how women typically will not apply for a job if they aren't nearly 100% qualified where men don't behave that way. Um, the Urban Girl Corporate World Facebook community, there were quite a few women who reported to others that um, were less qualified than them. Do you think these two notions are related and is working for somebody less qualified than you the downstream impact um, of women not being assertive and applying for roles that they don't check off every box yeah for. i love this one but let me say something very clearly right now mm-hmm. if you are reporting <laughs> to somebody who mm-hmm. is le- has less experience or is less skilled than you are you need to leave and find another job it's simple as that mm. you should not be accepting that behavior mm. it, i don't care if you report to a woman right. or a man i don't care it's not acceptable. It's not good for your Mm -hmm. career path because you're going to end up getting really frustrated. You need to go and find your own story of success. And I love this example of women who don't apply to jobs unless they meet 90 to 100% of all their requirements. Because in the first Mm -hmm. place, job postings are they're looking for unicorns. Nobody, mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody really can do mm-hmm. everything that is on mm-hmm. that job posting. Nobody. And if they could, they would be so expensive that they couldn't be afforded right. anyway. So right. it drives me crazy hmm. when I hear from women who say, well, mm-hmm. I didn't meet this and this and this and this. So I say, so what do you, what did you do? Mm-hmm. I didn't apply then why not go for mm-hmm. it go for it right i i, I think i told mm-hmm. this to you nicole a couple of weeks ago i don't think and this sounds really bad but i don't think i have read a full job posting <laughs> in its entirety my entire life <laughs> i can't even wow. tell you I can't wow even, i think maybe i've read mm-hmm. one or two after i got the job and i'm like oh i wonder what i'm <laughs> what i signed mm-hmm. up for but <laughs> That might be a good idea to read the job posting. But I don't, right. I can't remember the last time I read a job posting. What I do is I look at the title. Oh, is this something I could think I could do mm-hmm. or think I could stretch to do? Yes. Mm-hmm. Click on it. I, I scan. Okay. Who's the company? They sound good. Okay. Then I scan the first maybe paragraph. Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. This sounds along the lines of what yeah. I can do. Hit the hit the hit the button mm-hmm. and I submit my application and I move on. <laughs> wow. I you know what yeah. I love that. I love that. I when I when I came into tech, I oh my goodness, <laughs> I'm probably doing this all wrong. I sat down with the job description. Ooh. I did a gap analysis. I highlighted and, and maybe it was more for interview strategy because I, I knew I was new to tech and I, for me I knew I didn't meet every requirement, but the last job I got, I didn't meet every requirement exactly. but, and I did it anyway. But what I did was I, I leveraged that information to my advantage as a weapon because there are going to be some things I have that are listed. Great. I can do that. There are going to be things I don't have. That's fine. Here's how I'll get them. But I think as a non-traditional technologist, there are going to be other ideas and perspectives mm-hmm. I'm going to bring to the table that the average person who studied technology and came up in that world is not going to have. And I feel like that's a little bit of my competitive That's what makes advantage. you, you're absolutely right. That's what makes you, Nicole, highly competitive in this market because you're able to translate mm. tech 
to non-technical audiences and you're able mm -hmm. to understand how mm -hmm. best to get the message across so you can influence and people who right. grow up in Good the business. tech world uh, you know some may have that mm -hmm. but the majority aren't trained that way so michelle obama's book becoming uh she mentioned how when she got access to certain rooms uh, that she had aspired to be in she wasn't necessarily impressed with the talent. Have you experienced that? And do you think it is because our expectations of leaders are too high? I, I think that once you enter that room and you are with other people who are supposed to be on your same level, I do agree that mm -hmm. most in my opinion do seem to be not where I thought they were. And Imposter syndrome is a huge problem, especially for younger women. Mm -hmm. When younger women look at leaders, and I, I've heard that they're afraid to even talk to them in the elevator for fear of saying something stupid or to be found out. Mm -hmm. Once mm -hmm. you realize that everybody's a human being and the people in that room that you're aspiring to get into, they've just been doing it longer mm -hmm. than you have. They're just, they're older. They're like mm -hmm. 10 to 15 years older than mm -hmm. you are, right? Yeah. Um, and so once you get into that yep. room, you begin to realize that you were overly tough on yourself and you were far too insecure mm -hmm. uh, as you were climbing up that ladder. So there shouldn't be any fear of uh, not mm -hmm. being good enough or being insecure or anything like that, they're right. just human beings and they've just mm -hmm. been in it longer. And if they're not nice to you or if they don't say hello back when you say mm -hmm. hi to them in the elevator, then that says something right. about them. So once you get into that room that Michelle Obama is mm -hmm. speaking of, you'll find that you're probably mm -hmm. more qualified than the people you expected right. to be in that room. Right. Wow. Well, yeah. speaking of people not speaking on elevators, because I've definitely had that happen before, um, <laughs> a, a common thing that yeah. comes up, I get asked this often, what are your thoughts on likability? And do you think that this is a challenge that that's just exclusive to women in the workforce? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. 100% mm -hmm. exclusive to women. Now, when a man is likable, he is mm -hmm. very successful. We've all seen male executives who quite honestly, don't seem to know mm -hmm. what they're doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but somehow right. they got up there and you just scratch your head going, how mm -hmm. on earth did he, right. did he do that? But you don't see women often in executive positions who are not qualified. Mm, agreed. Because women need to bank more on other things than just likability. Mm -hmm. However, likability is extremely important mm -hmm. for women. I have adapted my behavior substantially. I always try mm -hmm. to be likable because I know right. I need to be, especially in mm -hmm. this career. Uh, if I have a bad day as a woman mm -hmm. in this career, oh, there is a whole mm -hmm. host of reasons why mm -hmm. I could be in a bad mm -hmm. mood, right? But if a man is in a bad mood, right. he's just in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's a very I, I would put that under soft skills when, when I talked that's about right. those check boxes. A, a lot of women I think feel that, especially uh, younger women, feel that they don't mm -hmm. need to be likable. They should be evaluated and judged on mm -hmm. their performance 
and their achievements. Yes, I absolutely agree with that statement. Absolutely, that should be the case. However, mm-hmm. tides are turning. It's going to take several That's years, right. and you have to change people people's conceptions and and uh, how they mm-hmm. how they act. It's you're not going to get anywhere if you do not present a likable mm-hmm. demeanor in the mm-hmm. tech field. Agree. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> Somebody had yeah. asked me that um, in February, and I had to, I had to sit with it for a second because my initial thought was, why does it matter if you like me or not? But then I thought about so much of my role is in relationship management, mm-hmm. and people do business with who they like, right? So if I want to be effective exactly. or, you know, like you spoke of earlier, if you want to be influential, it's hard to be influential when you're unlikable. Yeah. How do you influence change if you're, you're right, if you're unlikable? Now, a man right. could because they're, be, they're more evaluated on what they're able right. to achieve and the result. But women, if you're not, if you don't come mm-hmm. across likable, then yep. you can't influence. Totally agree. And that's a big part of right. being successful Absolutely. in security. What do you wish people on your team would do more of? Oh, this drives <laughs> me crazy. When women mm-hmm. on my team, Oh my gosh, this this has happened so many times that I could count. They'll come into my office and they'll say, I've got some free time or uh, what would you like me to work on or anything mm-hmm. like that? So I'll say, well, what's something that you mm-hmm. want to work on or that you want to learn? Every single time mm-hmm. they say, oh, I don't know. Just put me on no, anything, <laughs> anything you want. <laughs> I know. And I'm just. Oh my gosh. And and I have literally just lost it sometimes at women going, do you not realize what you have just said mm-hmm. to me? That I could say to you, you know what? I need someone to review mm-hmm. logs, you know, for five hours right. a day. Why don't you go do mm-hmm. that? And now you have put yourself in a, in a role that you're not going to go anywhere. It does not align with your career goals right. or your success mm-hmm. path. Meanwhile, your male counterpart over there came into my office and said, you know, I've got some free mm-hmm. time. What would you like me to focus on? Well, what would you like to focus on? Well, I'm thinking that we really need to uh, automate log mm-hmm. reviews. All right. That sounds great. Right. Do it. Right. <laughs> that drives me absolutely, absolutely yeah. nuts. And women need to stop being afraid of asking for what they mm-hmm. want. You absolutely deserve to be promoted to do a good job to be given stretch opportunities. Yeah. And it, it drives me, I think that's the number one thing that drives me absolutely mm-hmm. nuts. And I think that uh, going back to the Michelle Obama comment, I, I only recognized this about a year ago. And it's because other women who were in leadership positions in tech were talking with me about it, that we push our female employees mm-hmm a lot harder than we push mm-hmm. our men, male ones. Mm-hmm. And it's because I think it comes from that sense of frustration mm-hmm. that they don't see their full potential and that we've paved the way and we want them to be successful. Uh, is it fair? It's probably not. Right. <laughs> but I think that's why it's done. I think it's frustration at women not giving themselves enough mm-hmm. credit and just not willing to lean in and sit at the big boy mm-hmm. table. I agree. Definitely take initiative and ask for what you want. There was um one of the folks that uh, is on my team had a fantastic idea for an initiative that we should drive. 
And um, she came to me and she said, can we do this? And, you know, my response was, well, we can do anything, right? But mm -hmm. instead of bringing the can we um, do something, I would prefer to hear, we should do this. Here's why and here's how. Yes. Right? Because yes. that's going to be the next thing I'm going to mm -hmm. ask anyway. <laughs> right? Like, what's the why? Yes. How are we going to do it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why do you want to do this? Yeah. And then go do right. it. And and even if you mess up, which can happen, we all mess yes. up. I mess up more times than I can count. Mm -hmm. I just don't tell mm -hmm. anybody and I fix the mistakes before anybody <laughs> finds out about them. <laughs> but it's okay to mess mm -hmm. up. I would rather you come to me and say, I got this idea. I got mm -hmm. it. It's going to be awesome. All right, you go right. do it. And then you come back and you say, well, it didn't work out as well as I thought. Well, you know what? Great. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased that you right. did it. I'm That's happy. Right. <laughs> you learned something. Learn something. something. I agree. So speaking of opportunities for learning, being that you have the lens and perspective into the C-suite, what are skills that you see lacking in executives that you would caution the next generation to not miss developing and why? What I have seen from my experience is that people, once they get to executive positions, mm -hmm. tend to focus more on larger groups of people. Okay. And that makes sense because they have larger teams reporting up mm -hmm. to them. Uh, so they tend to focus more on the general audience rather than the individual. Okay. And we are, it's, it's something that is critical for future generations of executives and executives today mm -hmm. to, it's just critical for, to focus on the individuals. Right. Everyone brings something to the table and you cannot lump in a whole group of people into one. And it takes time for an executive, if, if they're managing or leading a team of 150 mm -hmm. people, it takes a lot of time yes. and focus to try to speak and get to know people on an individual mm -hmm. basis. However, those people will feel valued and, and work harder for you and be happier. And I think it's critical to do that just for diversity and inclusion re reasons, mm -hmm. because somebody who um, is different, mm -hmm. you know, they they have equal the amount of talent. They just may not fit that cookie cutter mold, and that is perfect because they come and see issues and find solutions that right. are different, and that's what we Absolutely. need. So you're missing out on that if you don't give them a voice and you get to know them individually. I love that. All right. So I've got I've got four things that that jumped out at me that, that, that I want to recap from today. The first one, probably my favorite, is don't be intimidated by the unicorn job descriptions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Do more than ask. Take yep. initiative. Um, I love the story about your childhood um, and inspiring people to leverage skills that they build during challenges. And last, when trailblazing in tech, take advantage of the benefits, but be mindful of the cost. Yes. Just mentally prepare yeah. yourself for it and find that mm -hmm. network. Mm -hmm. That's another key thing, too, is building your, your army of, of unicorns, as some say. <laughs> Olivia, you are phenomenal. I have thoroughly enjoyed our exchange today. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having Absolutely. me.
I'm looking forward to hearing it. And uh, I hope that uh, some of your listeners will look me up on LinkedIn and send me I'm a I'm sure they will. That's it for this week, everyone. For more Lessons Learned, Money Earned, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Urban Girl Corporate World and join our Facebook community under the same name. And remember, the question is not if you're ready for the world, but is the world ready for you? Girl, you got it. 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 Girl, you got it.